Is the world going to end in 12 years? If it is, you and I have got a lot of shopping to do. Stay tuned today as we talk about how much time does this world have left? Plant a seed in my soul. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking, Shadrach, stick to your J job. Okay, I will. I won't sing again. Or maybe I will. I don't know. Hey, here's the thing. Today we're talking about how long does the world have? Does the world only have 12 years? Is Acacio Cortez right? Is everything going to blow up in 12 years? Well, I guess to answer that question, or I should say to best answer that question, we should turn to the Bible, because the Bible gives us the answer, okay? Now, in Revelation chapter 20, we read that Jesus is going to reign for a thousand years. Satan's going to be locked up for a thousand years, and Christ is going to rule and reign from Israel, from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, for 1,000 years. And um, this is amazing. So I wanted to read you a little clip from Isaiah chapter 11 about what's going to happen, because right now there is a global warming trend, okay? The world is warming up. Our caps are melting to some degree. I don't know how fast. I'm not a scientist, and I haven't done the research on how fast they're warming. I did hear uh, just last week from a guy that is a professional say that the um, oceans could rise two feet. Now, I had previously heard eight, it was eight to 12, which could have a significant impact on those that live near the beach. It's kind of funny, a lot of the people that are the biggest proponents of global warming and using this fear tactic have beachfront property. I think that should tell you something about how strongly that they believe in it. If I said that the earthquake was gonna happen, the big one here in Southern California was gonna happen in 10 minutes, and 11 minutes went by and I'm still sitting here, you would have to say, Shadrach, I don't think that you believe what you just stated. So I don't believe those that say that the oceans are going to rise 8 to 10 feet and it's going to destroy everything as we know it while they go and buy beachfront property. I also don't believe them when they fly around in large private jets by themselves. They are hypocrites. And I could go on and list names. I'm not going to do that because that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to get you, when you hear these sorts of things, to look to the Word of God to see if you can find the truth in there about what the topic is. And in this case, we can. So we've already looked at Revelation chapter 20. Now we're looking at Isaiah chapter 11. Listen to this. Uh, verse 6. Uh, by the way, this is after Jesus returns, which is the couple of verses right prior to that. It says in verse 6, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. Um, by the way, if you put a wolf and a lamb together in the same pen, what do you think is going to happen? They aren't going to cuddle up together. How about, a, how about a leopard and a young goat? You think that the leopard is going to just chill out with the goat? If he's hungry, he's not. He's going to be like, woo, free lunch. But check this out. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them. Can't do that right now, can you? 
And then it says, the cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play at the cobra's hole, and a weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so that goes on, by the way, to talk about it in greater depth. But I just wanted to show you that because it's pretty awesome to think that during the millennial reign of Christ, everything is going to go back to being somewhat like it was in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, uh, the animals didn't attack each other. It wasn't until after the flood that, that man was allowed to eat meat. Uh, and so... There's a great change, the Bible says in the book of Romans, that Adam brought death into the world and death spread to all men because all men sinned, for example. And so the results of what we see happening in the world around us is a result of the fall. The Bible says that the whole earth travails together in labor pains. Think about that. When a woman's in labor and she's having contractions, her body tightens up and it hurts, it's painful, it's uncomfortable for the child inside the belly, and he's getting squished, but, but what's it going to produce? It's going to produce a child. And that's what the Bible says, is that the whole earth right now is in labor pains until the revealing of the glorious sons of God. So when Jesus returns back to the earth after this all takes place, things are going to be very, very, very different than they are right now. Right now, we see the effects of sin, um, and, well, there will be sinners still during the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, but the earth is going to be healed to some degree. The Bible even says that from the Temple Mount, waters are going to flow. Uh, part of it's going to go to the Mediterranean and the other part to the Dead Sea. Right now, it's called the Dead Sea because nothing lives in it. But part of the Dead Sea is going to be filled with fresh water coming in, and the Bible says you're going to find the same fish in the Dead Sea that you do in the Mediterranean Sea. Right now, there's no fish in the Dead Sea. So there's going to be this tremendous, the deserts are going to bloom, uh, healing of the land, if you will, during this thousand-year millennial reign, which is a literal reign of Jesus on this planet. He's coming back. It's known as his second coming. So does the earth have only 12 years left? The answer is no. The very bare minimum that we can say the earth has left is 1,007 years. When you take the thousand-year millennial reign and compile it with the tribulation period, seven years, you have 1,007 years. So my question is, do you need to run out, change your whole house to solar? Do you need to buy an electric car? Do you need, you know, all this business? And the answer to that is no. Do the research. Figure out what's best. We as Christians should know what's the best for the environment. I could give you all the answers. I want you to do the research on your own. Okay, our governor signed a bill into law, and he said, forgive me, I think it's 2035, uh, we have to have all electric cars, or we have to only be selling electric cars. Uh, where's California going to get the electricity for that when we're already having rolling brownouts and blackouts during the summer in high heat? Can you answer me that? Where's the electricity going to come from? And by the way, it's a trade-off. Okay, you exchange coal for another form of energy. Where does that energy come from and how is it made? Is it the cleanest energy that there is? And let's not forget that in a, a battery-powered car, 
you have to do something with all those batteries when the car is done. A number of years ago, Costco, on the front page, they had the, the greenest car that you could get at that time, and it was a Scion XB. You know the little toaster? I have one, or had one. It's 2006. Uh, it was the greenest car because the amount of emissions that the car put out, the miles per gallon, and the fact that when it was all said and done, when you were done with the car or it was totaled, the only thing on the car that could not be recycled is the battery. And on the Scion XB, it was one little battery. That was it. The Prius, you've got a car full of batteries. So though it might not put out the emissions, it has all those batteries, which in the long run is more harmful for the environment. Where do you put them? Where do you store them? Okay. So when people say, you know, we gotta, everything's got to be electric. Okay, is that the best thing for our planet? Well, we're running out of fossil fuels. The answer to that is no, we're not. The United States is sitting on fossil fuels that will that will power our vehicles for quite a number of years. Um, and I, I think it's safely say a thousand years or something ridiculous like that. So the fact is, read your Bible. Stop listening to these people out there that say that they're the professionals. I'm not telling you to listen to me because I'm a professional. I'm not. I'm telling you to read your Bible because the Bible has the answers. You listen to these people that are talking about the world ending in 12 years and you start freaking out and you, and then what? And then what? You, you go, oh, they've got all the answers. So we need to, we need to get them, you know, running the show. That's a bad idea because their way of dealing with it is not proven. It's not true. Uh, it's not helpful. And it costs a lot of money, a lot of money. Your and my taxes would go up so high, you and I wouldn't be able to live the way that we currently live right now because we're going to be paying for all of these infrastructure changes that, by the way, I don't know if you know this, maybe not because you're a high school student, California, uh, was it last year or the year before, voted a tax increase on our gas. I think it was going into 2018, okay? We, wrote, we voted, not me, <laughs> the Californians voted a tax increase in gas. Why? Because of a scare tactic. There was these commercials that came out and said that the 911 emergency vehicles aren't going to be able to get to your house because of the condition of the roads. Well, in reality, Caltrans misused the funds in large part, and so there wasn't enough money to continue to work on the roads. It's mismanagement, okay? But so there's one group of people that says the way to fix everything is to raise taxes. This is the same group of people that's proposing that we need to raise taxes and we're gonna fix the environment by these things that we're gonna do. But the reality is, is that everything has an adverse effect. Well, let's put in windmills, okay? Let's put in windmills. But then windmills kill all kinds of birds. There's nothing that, you, that we have in reality that doesn't have some adverse effect or reaction on something. So that's the way it is. So what we need to do is find out what has the least impact on the environment, right? And we should be good stewards of the environment. We shouldn't just be like, yeah, put it all down. Let's go out and turn our cars on and just let them idle overnight for years on end. No, we as Christians also shouldn't deny real, true science, real, true, factual science, okay? But not these guys that are just blabbing. They don't have science, Al Gore, 
is Inconvenient Truth, which was an inconvenient book he should have never written, that way back, you know, the world was already going to be done by now. Remember the Mayan calendar that the world was going to end in 2012? Uh, we're in 2020. <laughs> so there's these harbingers of doom out there. And all I want you to do as a believer is to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and read your Bible. Read your Bible. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do these two things, you're not going to be caught up in all of this rhetoric. And it breaks my heart when I go through social media and I see students that have bought into these lies. And that's why I'm doing these podcasts to get you to think. 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 You disagree? That's fine. Come tell me. Come show me otherwise. Come show me some evidence otherwise. And I'll be happy to hear it. But I can tell you right now, there isn't any science you can show me that changes what the Bible says. The Bible is proven to be true. It's not true because I believe it. I believe it because it's true. So we got 1,007 years left. Go live your life. Get married. Have kids. Raise a family. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Teach your kids to do the same. And love God and live as you please. I don't have anything else to say. I hope you have a great day. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Plant a seed.